Welcome to Daughter and Dad Podcast, Episode 4, Books You Can Bet On. Hi, I'm Prue. Hola, papá. And this is my dad, Ray. Hola, amiga. We may live far away from each other, but we love sharing our lives and hope you enjoy our conversations too. <laughs> well, how have you been? I have been pretty great. How about you? I have been so good. In fact, this past weekend, we had a community-wide garage sale. I bought an ant farm. An ant farm? Yeah, my only problem is I can't find tractors that small. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. <laughs> I had another one I was going to toss at you. I bought a great thing for my living room. What did you buy? A decaffeinated coffee table. Hey, that's pretty good, Dad. I'll have to get you a decaffeinated coffee table book to go with it. <laughs> that would be even better. <laughs> I hear that you went to Las Vegas. I did, I did, I did. Tell us about it. Well, I'll tell you some stories. <laughs> what well, happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, there's actually two really good stories in many ways. One story was I walked into a, a Bellagio, really upscale casino, and I said, I wasn't staying there because I thought the prices were too high. But I walked in, I said, I think I'll play a slot machine here. So I put a $20 bill in and it was a penny machine. So I wasn't going to lose only $20, but on my first try, I won $350. Wow! I put the paper out, I cashed it in and said, thank you, Bellagio. <laughs> back to my casino. The um, other thing of note, which was kind of funny, before I came home that night, I decided to go up to bed early since my flight was leaving very early in the morning. I walked over to the bank of elevators and there was a crowd of people coming off the elevators because that's when Vegas really happens is at night. And this beautiful woman comes up to me and asks me, would you like some company in your room? <laughs> and I said, no, thank you. Went straight to the elevator, went up to my room and went to sleep. <laughs> it was my exciting adventure in Las Vegas. That sounds pretty exciting to me. You know they've got your name and face on a computer at the Bellagio. Don't let him in. He scams the machines. <laughs> and he'll leave right after he gets a hit. Exactly. <laughs> that was Ray's big, exciting adventure. I'm working on a book, so I've been doing a lot of writing. And hey, that reminds me, we were talking, Dad, that, that maybe we would discuss... What book has impacted us the most in our life? Why don't you go first? I was going to talk about this book, Bird by Bird by Annie Lamott. It's a book about writing. For a long time, I struggled. I've wanted to be a writer my whole life. And for many years, I struggled writing because I'm such a perfectionist that my mind would get locked up. I couldn't call it writer's block. I always had plenty of ideas. But I felt that everything I wrote was crappy. 
And this book taught me that it is crappy when it first comes out and you have to write out all that crap and you find the gems within that whole pile, that whole steaming pile that you've produced. There's some beauty in there. And so it really turned me into a writer. But the book, and this is going to seem really weird, that has impacted me truly the most in my life is a kid's book. And it has no words. But this book I think about at least once a week. And you'll see why soon. It's called Resume. And it is by this artist, Istan Banyer. And it's a book about perception. So the first picture in the book, you see what looks like an old indigenous cave painting, perhaps, a hunter with a bow and arrow. Then you turn the page and you find it's really the background of someone's watch. Ah. And every page you turn, you realize that the perspective changes all the time. So this looks like an artist in a museum, perhaps copying a cartouche or something. That's pretty profound for it because often what we see isn't the whole truth. It's only part of it. Exactly. And so this book taught me that whenever I have trouble with another person or an idea, I have to stop and think. I am looking at just a sliver of the reality here not the entire reality. So I have to shift my perception and zoom out, resume. So I that's often, my most influential book. I often taught in my classes at Ohio State that when two people look at each other or are having communication, they only get 50% of reality. They need the other person to get the other 50% because you don't see what's behind you. You only see what's in front of you. Oh, that's beautiful. That's the same whole perspective there. The same thing. We need each other to get a, that's right. a much wider and much more accurate, accurate view. Yeah. yeah. Well, through two good books. How about you, Dad? What book or books have most influenced you? One single book has influenced my life for many, many years. And the book is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Dad, I knew, I absolutely 1000% knew you were going to choose that book because when I was a kid, you gave me a copy of that book and I, and I've read it many times. It's been influential for me. And I knew, I knew that was going to be your book. Frankel was an Austrian psychiatrist who was interred in Auschwitz during the Holocaust. And when he saw these people suffering in this horror of horrors, he saw those who somehow not necessarily thrived, but got through it much better than others. And those who did had meaning and purpose in that suffering. And those who didn't had given up hope. And he said that he, he felt that meaning and purpose are an innate part of our being and that it can drive us to personal healing and to personal growth. I used it for my dissertation, which drove you girls nuts. I, <laughs> I know that. I remember you saying during that time, you came in and announced the dinner table. I don't know if you remember this, but I stayed with me. Dad, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. What is it, Kirk? I will never, ever marry a man who's working for his dissertation. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, that book and the whole search for meaning drove all my work in higher ed, drove my life. And in fact, when mom died, the meaning in my life during the deepest parts of grieving was that I wanted to show you girls that I could make it on my own. I wanted to show you that I could be strong. 
And each day I would get up and I would say to myself, Ray, you're strong. You can do this. You're going to show the girls. And that's what I did. And even now, looking on the bright side, my blog is all about me trying to help others see the bright side of life and to inspire them, let them know tomorrow will be better than today. That's Frankl's influence on my life. Uh, and you have inspired myself and all of my sisters for certain with your strength and how you've pulled through and, and just, I cannot believe how many things you're doing on your own, the meals you're cooking, the home improvements, dad, you just painted a table by yourself. I literally have never seen you do something like that in my entire life. Well, I will admit it was spray paint, <laughs> but I will take credit because I put a drop cloth underneath. Now that's something I would have not done in the past. But I just thought the work of cleaning tile, stone tile, would be just too much. You showed me a photo, or sent me a photo, of a walk you took with Django. Yes. Well, actually, where Django took you for a walk. And it looked yeah. like you were out into some kind of wilderness. Where was that in New Mexico? That's half a block from my house. And I live... Out. Dad, I live in the city, as you know, and literally half a block from my house is the Han Arroyo. It's one of the big, long watersheds where the water flows down from the Sandia Mountains and flows all the way down into the Rio Grande. So this path, it's a bike path on one side, paved bike path, and the other side is like a hiking path. And I can walk that for miles all the way to the base of the mountains. Boy, what an ideal location you have. It's perfect. And Django loves it. He gets to bark at every cat, bird, random dog, bicyclist, you name it. He's going to town. Have you ever seen scorpions or snakes in that arroyo? Every once in a while, you might see a rattlesnake. Snakes won't bother you. They're not aggressive in going after you. Not at all. Right. So if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. They will leave you alone. But I did, because Django's such a nut, invest in a dog first aid kit at the pet store the other day. What's <laughs> snake bite? Well, snake bite, all you can do is call the emergency vet. I use Dr. Google to find that out. But it has all kinds of other things that this pup might need, antibiotics and all kinds of salves and bandages and you name it. <laughs> when we first moved to San Antonio in the 90s, before we moved out of here and then came back, I almost stepped on a coral snake Ooh. where I was going and I was about to put my foot down and it would have gone right on top of this coral snake. I took my foot back and I just watched it slither away. Oh, that's so scary. My legs get those kind of chills, you know, if you. Yeah, dad, I'm getting like the wobbly legs right now. Just thinking about it because yeah. snakes are creepy and they're scary and coral snake. That's a pretty deadly bite. Yeah. Kathy saw one last year when she was here helping me with my hip replacement. Oh, wow. She took a video of it. And it's not too far from where I live right now. Went right across the trail in front of her. Oh, wow. Well, we get small snakes, you know, your typical garter snakes. And we do get rattlers here. Bull snakes, the big, huge, long, five, six foot ones mm -hmm. that are very harmless, but look imposing. But you yeah. have to watch out for those rattlers, especially this time of year when it's sunny, they're out sunning. We also have a million, million lizards. Our backyard probably is home to, I don't know, at least 500 lizards, maybe more. Oh, you're lucky. 
Oh, we'll take care of the bugs and everything else. They do. And it's our state lizard. Now, our state lizard is very unusual. They are all female. They reproduce by asexual reproduction and they're all clones of each other. So I've got 500 little clones in the backyard. (laughs) I do have geckos that run around here. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm sitting on my patio, there's one, I think, who knows me. He'll just come and sit down right next to me and stay there for a little while until he decides to leave. But they know I won't hurt them. Yeah, they can get to know you. They really do. Once they learn that you're not a threat, they'll hang out with you. My buddies. Your buddies, your little buddies. My buddies, a gecko, a hummingbird, a mockingbird. The mockingbird is the Texas state bird. Oh, I am not surprised. Everywhere in Texas, you see them. And they're really not afraid of human beings. I can walk by them when I go for a walk and they'll stay in a bush. And just look at me as if to say, I dare you. And I wow. said, oh, peace. We're cool. <laughs> they'll smile and sing me some kind of song. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Now, our state bird is the roadrunner. The roadrunner. The Roadrunner, just like in Bugs Bunny cartoons with the Wile E. Coyote. We have a Roadrunner. They're very territorial, so you won't see a lot of Roadrunners in one area. But in my neighborhood, we have a Roadrunner family. They live in these this big kind of briary bramble patch. And this year, they have four youngins, which they parade around. These Roadrunners are vicious. Actually, the nickname for them here in Albuquerque is Murder Birds. Really? We saw one in the backyard. It literally was just hanging out near the back patio. I was watching it out the window. And then it zooted across in the blink of an eye and found a little mouse that was in the backyard. Boom. And then, boom, that mouse was gone. Ran off with it. We have dinner tonight. I do root for Wiley Coyote, though. <laughs> Poor Wiley Coyote. That is going to be Django this year. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he he kind of looks like Wiley Coyote. He does. He does a little bit. He has the same kind of ingenuity where he's always trying to problem solve and thinks he's figured something out and then it all comes crashing down. (laughs) But he never gives up. He never gives up. That's that's the good thing. Yeah. He's one of us, Dad. That is for sure, Proof. That is for sure. Never quit, never give up. That's right. Always pushing forward. Well, Prue, do you have questions for our podcast followers? What is the most influential book that you have ever read? Share it in comments. Oh, that is so good. And what wild animals do you have around your house? Absolutely. And have you ever stepped on a snake? Or almost. Or almost. Scorpions count too. (laughs) are dragons dragons always count and i hope i step on one this afternoon or if you've seen a unicorn please let us know (laughs) Ah, adios amiga adios papa love you pro love you dad it's a wrap thanks for listening to daughter and dad podcast Please check out our website at daughteranddadpodcast.com and be sure to like, subscribe, and leave your comments below. We would love to hear from you.